welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking, a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. This week, I'm happy to have my friend and uh, community volunteer, uh, Kim Kennedy. She does a lot for the industry, does a lot of volunteering. I was just kind of looking through her LinkedIn profile just now and just amazing all the different groups that she's uh, volunteering or board of. So it's really great to, to have you on the show. We've known each other for a while through social media. We haven't got to meet in person yet, but hopefully that'll change sometime soon. So uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Philip. It is an honor and I just, I absolutely adore you and all the things that you've you've done for the community as well. So, I mean, you are just a, a positive influence and that's, you know, that's what I love to see in this community. Thank you. And it hasn't you, always been that way. But. Yeah, it hasn't. Things have, <laughs> things have gotten better and, you know, the feeling's mutual. I really like what all you do. And that's one of the things we have to really remember too is, you know, attitude is uh, contagious. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it like really sometimes if you can address things in a positive manner and not in a scolding manner, because I think back to when I was a child and my parents would scold <laughs> me for something, you get mad and you're so mad and upset about it, you don't learn the lesson from it. But sometimes if you approach things in a different manner where you're more positive, then people get that lesson better and there's no resentment and, you know, yep. built up anger over it. So having Absolutely. those and having those positive attitudes, people like you and then. Uh, like BSD Bandit and folks like that are sharing positive messages and be out there being positive, uh, even Cyber Warrior. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, just those. Speaking and, and, of. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Cyber Papa, you know, folks have, mm-hmm. you know, positive messages, and that's the way to do it. I mean, there's ways, even if you need to share a message that always isn't the great, but if you can deliver it in the right way, people are going to be more receptive to it. A hundred percent. I've been really focusing that. Um, a lot of what I'm trying to do too is uh, I have a nephew. He just turned eight or actually two days from now will be turning eight. And so he is an amazing kid um, and he's got, you know, a little bit of what I think will be, um, you know, great for this, you know, community. And I want to kind of focus that energy, but sometimes with the gaming and different things, you know, I kind of have to like talk firmly with him, but then I'm like, this is why I need you to understand. And he responds to that because, and I think that's one thing that I didn't have. It was the scolding without the, the why. And I'm a very much, well, well why? <laughs> You're going to tell me, no, I need to understand. And so I think uh, we forget about that with kids. They're very, especially being digital natives now, like the amount of knowledge and 
you know, that they absorb, you know, we got to get that to them and make them kind of understand why we're doing the things that we do. It's not just because I said so, like, that's what we used to always get, right? Because I'm an adult and I said so. (laughs) Yeah, it's always better to make it a learning opportunity because you're trying to Mm -hmm. get them to learn from it. If they learn from it, the kids hopefully won't do that again. They'll know better and and they kind of grow from there. So I think that's, that's a great way to approach it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, we've got, we've got a lot of work to do. And it's, you know, the more things that we continue to add to this environment, uh, digitally, and through like now with web three coming, um, we've already seen a lot of the different things that can go wrong with web three as far as scams, because there's just not not enough information out of out yet. But I kind of feel like we haven't done our job right as security practitioners because for a long time it was like haha i know something you don't know now granted i'm relatively new in this field as far as technically i've been around it and i've been around people who are programmers developers and you know they hackers and they we so i i know i know a lot but i don't like i just because i haven't been in this field and so i've seen all the damage that can be done um social media is brought up a lot too so um, I think we've we failed as a community to protect the citizens instead of, you know, we come out like we're so smart sometimes, but we, we have failed to go. This is, again, kind of like with children. Hey, this is why you need it. I'm trying to make it very pragmatic to the people that I'm talking to. So um, that's what's really important to me. And we can't just talk to everybody the same, right? We're not all the same. That's why I'm part of a lot of different groups, because I want to hear their opinions. And I want to hear how they respond to me and how can I become better at responding to different things like that. So very, very good points. And, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners may not know who you are. So why don't you share a little bit about yourself, kind of your background. That's fine. <laughs> I get, I get. Um, uh, I'm nobody, actually. So I'm just, I'm just a, another person in the world. Uh, but I, I am Kim Kennedy, and I have uh, recently joined the cybersecurity uh, industry in the last few years, um, officially. And I went into sales. Uh, thinking from an accounting and HR background. So a big part of what I like to talk about is how we can switch careers at any point. If you're not happy, um, I just wish I would have done this way sooner. Um, And I really thought that sales would keep me busy and like I could be part of the money-making business unit of the the companies because I got tired of hearing that when I was in accounting and HR. Like, well, accounting doesn't make us money. Like we, And I get that. I do. Trust me. I understand. But I'm like, if I don't bill, I believe in a holistic man, like way of looking at everything. It's not just in business, but the way you look at your, your life, it, your balance, your, you know, again, if you do not balance your company, there's no point if you have salespeople, but no accounting person or, you know, this huge, you know, enterprise and no security, it's kind of, you know, it negates itself. So we need to look at things holistically. I'm very science, scientifically based. Um, and so with, with that, I kind of like to look at that. But I went into sales and I have discovered I hate sales. <laughs> and it's okay. I mean, it, I just, I really thought it would keep me busy and keep my mind growing. But I ended up being more busy work, busy, like the calling. And, and I love the people side of it. I love the learning and giving back. 
but what I hated was the actual sales part, right? So mm-hmm. um, I quit my last job in November and I was on, I'm going to get certified, do all of these things. But I also was coming back to Colorado and I found a prison bus. And so uh, the prison bus changed the course of my history. And uh, this prison bus um, was part of me starting a nonprofit uh, called the Empire of We. Um, everything has kind of not gone as planned, but that's okay because that's life and how we deal with those things is what really shows us who we are. So um, I got the prison bus to Colorado and um, we left on December 31st, so New Year's Eve. That was how I celebrated my New Year's was uh, driving a prison bus from Vegas to Colorado. And uh, I've been working on that, trying to I will be building it into a mobile security operations center. Um, and then I want to use that to help educate and engage, you know, different um, all levels from parents to, you know, elementary to, you know, civic leaders, cops, whoever wants to learn. I want them to show how cool things are, how creative you can be, all the different types of careers that there there are in cybersecurity. It's not just a hacker. Um, we're not criminals. Um, you know, there's all these wonderful things that we can do. So um, I am also part of WESIS Colorado here uh, as a board member. I am also part of RIESIS, which helps, I'm sorry, by the way, YESIS is uh, Women in Cybersecurity. Um, we're starting up the Colorado chapter. RIESIS is a Hispanic and um, Latinx uh, community trying to get more diversity for the uh, Hispanic, um, you know, community uh, into cyber. So, um, and then actually one I don't have listed on my LinkedIn yet, and I feel bad, is uh, part of the hip hop hackathon that is going on right now. Um, and I need to get that on there and work with that a little bit more. And I apologize for not having that on there, but, um, you know, I, I love having, you know, it's all about diversity, getting people in, um, and hip hop hackathon is through data 360 and Marie Smith. We need more people. And so we've got to get the barriers out of the way and we can go from there. I, I totally agree. We know we need to do it from doing what's right perspective, but with the skills gaps, you know, the shortage of people, it's much needed and everyone should embrace and should embrace that, you know, just from the diversity standpoint, people's life experiences can help them trouble, think troubleshoot things in the same way. I mean, it's like, you you talk about cloning people, but ideally you really don't want to do that. You don't want the same person thinking the same way because maybe you're just doing the same task over and over again. Maybe that works, but when you get to use critical thinking and creativity, that's kind of hard. So that's awesome that you're involved in that. You know, I know a lot of people that get, involved in those type of things and there's nothing wrong with it, but some people may be more for towards women or non-binary LBGT mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. But it's really nice that you're kind of involved in a little bit of all of it. And I really like what you're doing with your project, you know, cause a lot of people like the stuff I've done has mainly been focusing on helping people learn for a trade. So it's cool that you're showing kids and even people in other industries on how to protect themselves. So I think that's really interesting and cool that you're approaching it from just Thank the all around standpoint. There's not a lot of that. Well, yeah. People usually well, pick and one and that's it. Well, and that's the thing. Cause we, we kind of focus and like, I always talk about us being in a vacuum, right? So we talk it to ourselves all the time. Um, how can we do this? Um, and for 
there is a reason to have, you know, when resumes come in, there's not a lot of women or people of color or, you know, any, anybody, you know, like necessarily apply in the same quantities as say white males. And it's unfortunate. So how do we change that? Because we know that there, you know, obviously our APT groups in other countries are not white males. Let's just be honest, right? So, come on, let, like let's use unless a, it, a little bit. Like, unless it's unless it's Russia, but but that's well, yeah, <laughs> that's only that's only and, one, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, it, and you know, I mean, and there's you know, we could talk about like, you know, divides of you know all those types of things, and you know, but at the same time, like really, we have to think, you know, again, holistically, we're global. You know, the United States itself is made up of many different people from dim- different backgrounds, different colors, different yeah, everything. And so that is something that plays into it. And how do we use that? Um, like you said, their backgrounds uh, growing up, you know, have a huge effort on like how they, you know, look at things. Yeah, very, very good points. And so that's that, that's really Really cool. So, uh, so you're also a podcast host, a co-host, and you help with the podcast. Can you, you know, share about that? We, I think it was yeah. a good time to share that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Mike Jones has been pivotal in my career, uh, and uh, I've met him. Oh, God, it's over a year or so ago. I can't even remember, but he has a very interesting backstory. And uh, he was just starting up the podcast at the time and uh, kind of got in with him at the very beginning and have followed him through. And uh, recently I've joined him as a co-host. Um, and it's been, it's, a, it's been an amazing journey to see where he's been to where he is now. And um, he's just, you know, got, you know, the most amazing stories is an amazing red teamer. Um, and I, I know I have a lot to learn from him in the future. And, uh, you know, so it's called the haunted hacker and he is the haunted hacker because of some, you know, he has, um, some malicious activity in his past and that's part of his story. He's haunted by his past. And so that's kind of where that nomenclature came from. And I, part of my prison bus as well, um, is the fact that two, two different stories that kind of come with that is I believe that your past does not represent your future. You can always change today from today forward. You can make that choice and you can make those things. Some people have it easier than others. I know as a white female, I have it better than a black female. And I understand these things. I understand white privilege and I want people, but I want people to know it's not impossible. And there are people here that are your allies that can help you get you free resources Two, social engineering, right? Do not judge the outside by the inside. So, um, you know, it's always funny, like even yesterday when I was in it, you know, there was somebody like driving past and I'm like, Hey, like at a stoplight. And they're just like, (laughs) you know, and it's just, it's just kind of funny. Um, so those are the two big stories from that too, as well. Yeah. And when you were mentioning about people, you know, some folks that have been reformed, that's one of the good things I think we really need to do too, as a, as a country and a society is to realize you can give people a second chance. Cause there's a lot of people yeah. that if the situation were different, they wouldn't have done what they did to make the money right. or do whatever, you know, if, if everyone had well-to-do parents, you had what you needed, you probably wouldn't do those, those certain things. And Absolutely. the thing is when people get these opportunities, it takes that away. And, and I believe without a shadow of doubt, knowing a lot of people, 
you know, I grew up around in personal experiences that some people did certain things, you know, that there's no way they'd ever repeat that again, you know, mm-hmm. once they've been able to learn how to uh, take care of themselves, make money and learn a trade. So I think that's one of the things we really look at because it's really kind of sad because I've known of people with criminal records that can't get a job and they're totally reformed. Maybe they were, they had a substance abuse issue before, but they've been long sober and, you know, people need to give them a chance. A hundred and ten percent agree with you. It, the prison system is a for-profit system. Um, it is not really meant to rehabilitate. Um, and because of, um, if you look at the states with the least education, you have the highest prison populations and you're right. So if you have been reformed and you don't get a second chance because of the color of your skin or or whatever, and, and plus your history, how are you supposed to not go back to that? We kind of, we, we create this cycle and then we blame people. And so that's why I want to get this free education out there. Give even, and I, I honestly, even the, with, with the prison bus, I don't care if it's about cyber tech. If you are interested in something, let me help you. I will find you a way to get to a, some free resources and try to help you because there are plenty of people in this world that do want to help. But I, I, there are a lot of scammers out there too. So I want to make sure like I'm betting, you know, I also want to support smaller nonprofits. And so I do want to help, um, you know, different nonprofits and just help each other. We have to, right? So um, it is, it's horrible what's happening to these people. Yeah, it is. And then even mentioning, you know, some of the disadvantages people have, sometimes socioeconomic disadvantages too. You take people that grew up in poor communities, have a harder time, you know, uh, you know, I've had cousins myself. I didn't, you know, I grew up in a, a blue collar family, so I knew of how to make money or, you know, to, to, you know, I didn't have the example to go to college or get an mm-hmm. office job or do any of that. So at least that was kind of ahead of like some of my cousins that didn't know any better and didn't have anyone, you know, a good uh, mentor or, or, you know, someone to follow their experience, someone that can help guide them and give them advice when they need it. They didn't have that. And so that's very important. And don't you find, and don't you find sometimes too, even when you're helping people that there's cases where people just need someone to listen to them. They're going through difficult times. Maybe, you know, there's something they have trouble with and they just need someone to listen. And sometimes that's, you know, what they need, even along with the education piece. Yeah. Well, sometimes, I mean, like not everybody is going to be, you know, a CISO and that's okay. Um, we have this t- tendency to like, oh, if you don't get to the top, you're not good enough. I think every if you're working and you're happy, that's success to me. You know, I mean, if you know if you've changed your life and you've done something different and you're happy, you're a success. We've got to stop focusing on like, oh, and this industry does have a tendency to like, you've got to learn everything and. You know, and it is constantly changing, which is what drew me to the tech anyway. I've always been interested. So um, one of my stories is that when I was younger, um, little, 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 <laughs> um, my brother bought was bought a Commodore 64. Well, it was from Santa, you know, but and but it was my brother. He was only four years older than I was. But, you know, he got the he got the tech. It was never for me. Um, and I'm over there like, I want to do this. And, you know, I wasn't allowed to touch it unless somebody was around and, you yeah. know, he didn't want to deal with me. So, I mean, I just, I, I, I played as much as I could, but it wasn't encouraged in me. 
And um, it was no matter what it was, if it was something for a boy, I didn't get that same encouragement, even though I may have had this better, like the, the more interest in it. It was pushed on him and not encouraged in me. And I'm over here like, please let me. Yeah. They probably said, <laughs> so, shut up, shut up, Kim, go back to your easy bake oven. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it was one of those things and I just, you know, I can't fault them. That's how they were raised and yeah. whatever. And it's, but it caused issues. And that's also one of the reasons I went out on my own. I, you know, I've had my hard times. I did everything the hardest way possible. I have learned from it. Things like that, the things that almost killed me ended up saving my life. Um, and, you know, it's, it's taught me a lot, but I don't want everybody to have to go through that because if the internet had been around, I would have known more people were struggling like I was, you know, if I had the parents that would have supported me in the same way, um, you know, so I want people like the internet has brought wonderful things and it's brought a lot of bad things. And one of the worst things I've seen recently is the, the, the cybersecurity community getting a bad rap, you know, hackers are not evil. It's a mis it's a misnomenclature of like what we are, you know. Yeah. Um, I try to make people like I I talk to everybody about cybersecurity, <laughs> and that's what I want to do because it is it's an it's everybody needs to be part of this, especially with digital natives like born with phones in their hands, you know. But I try to tell a waitress, I'm like, have you ever put sugar packs underneath the table because it's rocking? You're a hacker. What? Like, yeah. It's creativity of how to fix a problem that something's broken. If you break, if it breaks, how do you fix it? You know, if you thought of that idea, like, you, you know, there you do, you know, it's simple things. It doesn't have to be so complex. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how far off base the terminology's become because even back when the term was originally came out, it wasn't anyone trying to break into computers or, or even at the time phone systems. <laughs> yeah. It was just people, you know, because you look at the hackathons, those have nothing to do with the CTF. It's all about programming. And so you yep. see how the media has mislabeled hacker and it's hard to get that title back. You know, working as a, a pen tester myself, the easiest way to explain to people is I'm an ethical hacker and then tell them I'm a penetration tester. They got no clue what you're talking about. But mm -hmm. when you tell them I'm an ethical hacker, they said, is there such a thing, you know? And so it's just right. And that's horrible. Yeah. And then, you know, kids are seeing the movies and stuff and they go, Oh, that's like really cool. They want to be a like, there's more than that. Right. And so that's also a big part of what I want to do is change. People think that you have to know math really well. You have to be great at programming. You have to do this. And I'm like, maybe you want to go into sales and marketing. You're going to have to know a lot of, learn a lot of acronyms. Okay. <laughs> Now you, nothing's going to get you away from that. We are, we love our acronyms, right? But, and it's confusing, but you don't have to be, do you have to be good with a computer? Yeah. Like, but if you are willing to learn and you're, you're thirsty for knowledge, it's an amazing industry to be in, but it doesn't all have to focus around a penetration testing. Yeah. It, you know, there's so many different angles from it. And that's one of the things I kind of get disappointed with a little bit. Well, I mean, if that's what someone wants to do, that's that's good and that's fine. And I won't discourage anyone from it. But I think it's good to explore some of the other jobs out there because like thread hunting, that's really cool. If I didn't wouldn't have went into penetration testing or maybe got into the industry that's later, I probably would have done something like thread hunting. It looks so cool, you know. 
And that's kind of where the area I want to get into um, mm -hmm. eventually. Like, but I know it's going to take some time with, you know, learning just more. And I'm okay with that because I'm not in this to, there's no way to learn everything. I just want to keep learning. Um, you know, if I, as long as I'm alive and not wearing diapers again, I better be outside and I, my brain better be learning stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very cool. So, uh, for those wanting to get in the industry, what would you recommend for someone that was wanting to get start a career in cybersecurity? Just do it. <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds, it sounds that easy, but really, um, if you're interested, reach out find somebody that, you know, find a YouTube channel. There's plenty of us in this community. Um, I just made a post. I love to introduce new people. There's a lot of great mentors. You've had David Meese on here as well. I love him to death. Um, uh, well, I love David Meese to pieces. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, there are a lot of us out here that we're just new to the industry. And I want people like, I don't, I don't know everything, but I can point you to somebody that does. So just try. If you fail, great. That's part of life. That's part of that's part of what like pen testing and, and blue teaming is, is learning from failure, right? Like that's how we get better, right? Um, and that's actually what hacking is too, learning from failures. Um, and so I just, if you're interested, find some YouTube channels, find some other things. Um, I think we also need to do a better job about making sure that we are, we are informing people of how hard it is to get into the industry. Also telling them about, we talk about balance, but then we're like, well, I'm on, you know, podcast 24 seven, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I'm working, you know, 80, 90 hours a week. That kind of scares people off. We talk about all the, you know, we have a lot to still go, um, but it's not just our industry either. Right. So um, balance is something we all have to focus on um, over money um, because it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you're dead, your kids don't care about how much money you have. If you're yep. dead, uh, focus, you know, we've got to focus on the things that are important. It doesn't mean you only work 20 hours and you've got to get that $150. Like people come into it for money. It's not about money. If you're coming into it for money, you're, you're, it's, you might, you might luck out. Um, but you need to come in with a passion to help people more than anything. And by doing that, you'll find a great community. Yeah. And one of the things I've seen too, that people are so accepting if you're helping, you know, when people are just getting started and that's one of the things that really I admire because I see, you know, people just getting in the industry, hadn't broken in yet or whatever that are helping people. And some people think they're too new to help people, but they got to realize if you've just started, you just been into this a month, you're a month ahead of the next person that's trying to get mm -hmm. in. So there's always something you could share in the fresh perspective of someone coming in, coming in new. Cause my former students and people I mentor, you know, I got into this a long time ago, they're coming in new. So they may find some resources I didn't know about. So, and even I think, and again, that goes back to diversity. Yeah. It's diversity of age. Mm -hmm. It's a diversity of background, like where you grew up, uh, you yeah. know, uh, Rich versus poor versus South versus North versus another country. I mean, all of those things come into play. There's always something new to learn and a different angle. Yeah. One of the things I think too, when you're, you know, someone's getting into it, having study groups and stuff like yeah. that, because one of the things you got to figure is one person doing all this research on their own can only find so much. But if you get multiple people that you interact with, 
you're going to be able to collect that information better and and it'll get somewhat vetted because they see it and they like it's a good resource it's not like you had to find it vet it and then decide whether it's usable or not absolutely and uh yeah the you know it is overwhelming that's another thing i would tell new people it is overwhelming mm-hmm. it, it's going to be overwhelming until you find out where you want to go and again i went into sales didn't want to go i don't want to go there yeah so um you know once you like it's okay to start a path and go you know what this really isn't for me i mean you can go into programming if you find out like oh i like doing some stuff and you're like oh this is cool maybe that works it's trial and error for some of it um, this is why I have a big problem and this is a good segue for like certs and, you know, backgrounds and stuff like that degrees, uh, for these, you know, I used to be in HR, so I understand that requiring these degrees, I don't know, they don't make sense to me because one, the field is so new. Um, how do we have, you know, require like degrees for something that really hasn't had degrees for that long? Um, degrees are, can be outdated if they're not taught by, you know, current professionals right um so also you know the certifications have gotten out of control right now um in my opinion everybody has a new cert and i think a lot of them are great um as long as they're on the cheaper end but you know ceh has gotten a bad rap in the last year or so for some you know stuff that people have found now i'm not judging but i it's just i understand like if there's some things but again they are being required by certain employers. Does that make you good? No, it means you spent money. What does that also do? If you're from a, if you have a, you know, if you're from the poorer side of things, you can't afford these certs. You can't go to college. We need to work on apprenticeships and internships more. Um, you want to know where the skills gap is? Start hiring all of the 200 applicants that apply yeah. and, and, and vet out who has the passion, who, ha- who is putting in the effort to find you and work on things and, you know, do these things. But not everybody has the money. I mean, if a lot of people are in India, they don't make the same types. Of, in Mexico, our rate exchange is different. So you want them to pay $1,300 for a cert? That's, they can't. And so we're cutting out entire populations based off of cost. Yeah, I totally agree. Because a lot of the certs I got in the field, I was already working in another profession. So when I moved over to be an assist admin, I was working as an AutoCAD drafter. So I had, I had a professional career, so I could afford that. When I moved into security, the certs I got, I was working as a sysadmin. And then mm-hmm. when I moved into pen testing from security, I was working as a security analyst. So having that experience, experience was able to afford those things. I totally agree. I really like to see things get away from, from cert, cert, certificates because you don't need a certification because some of the best pen testers in the world have zero certifications. It was created by people without them. Yeah. Yeah. That cert didn't exist. <laughs> like the entire industry was created by people that were like, huh, I wonder if I can do this. And they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have all these free resources and people are giving back. So if you give them a test or an exam and maybe like a, like a hack the box or depending on what mm-hmm. they're doing, formulate something that you can test those skills on and see if they can do it. Or again, why don't you go and try to like actually train people 
They do it in construction. They do it in a lot of different areas. And guess what? Like people that have zero education can go and have a good life. Let's help people have a good life instead of sending them to prison because they didn't have a good life and can't afford a cert or, you know, want to get into, you know, into the United States and can't because they can't, you know, get a decent job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mentioned the prisons, man. They really, they really should take advantage of that and actually train them to do trades when they get out. And, and, you know, you go back to even some of the high schools and stuff. When I went to high school, we had auto body mechanics class. Mm -hmm. We had uh, like, if people want to go to school, want to be a beauticians or barbers, they had like a beauty school in, in the, in the, the high school. You took the classes, went and took the certification test and you, got your license and you were a barber or beautician, whichever route you wanted to go, uh, building Mm -hmm. trades and all that. And there's not a lot of those options anymore. Whereas, you know, back when I was younger, you had those trades that you could get trained in and move into But now, you know, they really eliminated a lot of that stuff. They did. And it's, it's really sad because I mean, I think one, our education system isn't focused, um, properly right so Mm -hmm. if you're in a poor uh states and or rural area you're not going to get the same funding and so you're not going to have the same computers and stuff um and not maybe not know how to even do these things um and so yeah you're right like it's we need to start kind of at an earlier age we need to get trades back into schools we need to you know you know focus energies where energies are going to pay off for not only that person but for the community as a whole yes right so um again holistically we need to think about our communities and it's not just security it's how do we get our kids to be you know stay out of jail um stay you know off the streets stay off drugs you know be and again i i preach this regardless if it's cybersecurity or technology we need to do better with, you know, we talk about our kids all the time and I don't, don't want to go into what's happening today. Um, Cause I know that's like a, a, a thing, but uh, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but at the same time, like we need to make sure, you know, we've got parents working three jobs, you know, we've got, you know, that's like three jobs between two parents if you're lucky and, you know, you got to get them to and from school. Then we had COVID. I mean, how do we even know if the training was being done properly for these kids? These kids are behind in school now because their parents could pay attention. There's so many, so many things that COVID brought to awareness. And obviously if you're lucky and, but obviously people that were more well off, they probably had more attention with their kids. They probably had computers that, you know, better computers. We don't know you know, what the the ramifications of that will be in the future still. And another thing to keep in mind too, you know, the single parents working multiple jobs can't be home with their kids or, you know, just kids in general, kids are curious and that's why they get in a lot of trouble. So we can give them a place (laughs) to direct that curiosity, you know, how so many kids are interested in, in hacking, you know, get them involved in bug bounties or something or CTFs. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I agree that parents need to have a lot more focus when they're giving their their kids, you know, laptops and phones and stuff like that. But at the same time, we have to do a better like job with the parents, making them understand why they need to do those things. Again, we talk as cybersecurity. Oh, we're a cybersecurity expert. And like, you know, you got to do this. And like we give the fear and, you know, fear. What is it? FUD, you know. 
fear, mm-hmm. uncertainty, and doubt. Like we need to stop that. Like, yes, we need, like, I usually try to go, yes, these are worst case scenarios. However, you could still get hacked. You could lose all your photos. Do you want to lose all your baby photos? You don't keep your photos. Have you backed them up recently? Just simple things like that. We've got to do a better job relating to everyday people, mm-hmm. right? And making them understand it isn't just fear. It's like this This can happen. It's becoming more relevant. Uh, the, the criminals are, they have the same things to go buy ransomware and malware now as we do to buy antivirus and malware protection they just click, click. So these could be little kids not even knowing what they're doing. So we need to do a better job as a community. Um, and that's, kind, you know, that's what I want to work on, you know, like getting out to everyday people and making sure that they understand, hey, look, I'm just asking you to do some little simple things that will protect you. Like if you've got a bunch of kids, photos, vacation things, or, you know, whatever it may be, um, you know, how do you want to protect yourself? You got a home security system. Okay, cool. That doesn't protect your computer. You yep. know, it protects it from being stolen. But once it's stolen, guess what? They have all your information. That's great. Uh, so we're, we're down to the end of the show. Is there anything you'd like to share before we close out the show? Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess everybody, please do me a favor to save the world. Talk all the time about cybersecurity in simple everyday terms for everyone. Um, if your family is not listening, that's probably because they're your family and I get that. <laughs> but, you know what, talk to, when you're talking to strangers, make sure you're relating to them. Um, you know, we're doing this because we have a passion for it. This is real, we understand, but we need to make it relatable to people so that we can truly make a difference in this, you know, cyber like war that we're fighting. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, thanks for joining the show. I enjoyed hearing about all the things you're working on and your advice. So I appreciate it. I'm sure someone, someone's going to get great value out of your advice. So appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. It was an absolute pleasure. And uh, I look forward to, you know, all changing the world in the future. Well, thanks. Thanks again for joining. Thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you on the next episode. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.